Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America Wide? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It is 1234 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, uh, on, we are in Red Deer today at uh, Gasoline Alley at the Holiday Inn, where right now there's a function going on for uh, Oilers fans down in Red Deer. Tonight it's the Oilers Rookies and the Flames Rookies. Reed Wilkins will have Inside Sports at 6, Puck Drop at 7 o'clock. It'll be available on 630Chad and on EdmontonOilers.com. We have uh, three primary restaurant categories on the show. Steak, Roos Chris, Pizza, Royal Pizza and Asian food with Japanese Village. And speaking of Royal Pizza, some guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. Go down and see Rebecca and the staff at Roos Chris. They'll take care of you. And a reminder, every Wednesday night is date night at Roos Chris. That's where you can find our uh, our old producer, Brendan Ulrich. That's, that's where he takes his ladies every Wednesday night for date night down at Roos Chris. I'm not sure if Brendan Escott, our new producer for the show, uh, is, well, actually, I haven't come up with any Roos Chris gift certificates yet, so I'll have to talk to Brendan Connolly. Uh, we are going to bring in Craig Simpson from uh, Hockey Night in Canada. They're uh, color analysts. Uh, this year, we've got both uh, of the uh, Saturday Night Analysts as part of Hockey Night in Canada. Craig's going to do Wednesday's show. Louis DeBrus does Thursday. Says something about the caliber in Edmonton of uh, some of our on-air guests, but also guys that are out there as well. Craig, how was your summer? It was great, Bob. Thanks. It's uh, nice to get sort of the mind wrapped back into hockey, though. It's been a good long summer, but I'm sure it's as cold down there as it is here today. It feels like hockey weather. Oh, yeah, it feels like hockey. Let me ask you this. I mean, you you know, I mean, I'm privileged to do the job I do and get to travel the hockey team all season long. Uh, we had way too long of an off season in Edmonton. Your role is different because every year you're working four straight you know, rounds of the playoffs, which is basically eight straight weeks. Yeah. How long does it take you to kind of decompress after something <laughs> like that? Yeah, it takes a couple of weeks. It's, uh, you know, one, first and foremost, just trying to get back and, get into family mode again to be around but you're you're in such a routine of doing a game every other day and uh you know focused on that so uh, i think this year it was a little uh longer than usual we had a number of seven game series and i think the first 39 days of the playoffs i was gone for 37 of them so uh it adds up but the payoff is getting all this time in the summer to just uh, get away from it and really decompress We'll get your thoughts uh, on a global scale on the Oilers uh, for a second, but we talked a bit about, uh, you know, trying to evaluate if you 
if you can, a game against uh, you know college kids. And last night, the Oilers rookies took on a combination of Grant McEwen and Nate. And as I recall, uh, and I'm thinking it was in 2006, in fall of 2006, were you not on the bench with uh, Kelly Buckberger against the U of A in one of those games? Yeah, we were in one of them. I, I don't remember what year it was either, but uh, I think the... You know, the way it used to happen there was a real disadvantage for our young guys. Cause they Absolutely. Hadn't, yeah, they hadn't had any time to really uh, come together as a team. They might have had a practice or so. And, uh, you know, the U of A, the top quality of teams that they had there, and they'd been practicing together. They've been playing together, most of them, for two, sometimes three or four years. So uh, it was a disadvantage. You were putting a lot of young guys, uh, you know, 18 to 20-year-old guys against uh, guys who had played in the WHL and were now, you know, more men, 23, 24, and even as high as 25. So uh, it didn't always work out that well. It was a real big disadvantage. But, you know, I think watching or not watching, but seeing what happened last night, you know, that's not a good scenario either. It, I, it's a little disappointing. I, I did like when you had the Penticton showcase and you had, you know, NHL prospects against NHL prospects, and that at least I think gives the uh, the organizations a better feel for how their young guys are measuring up towards others uh, around the NHL. Well, I rem- you know, I, and you, and that's the point I was trying to make earlier, Craig. Like, it, it, you know, the Oilers didn't have that tournament in Penticton before and I you know had you and Bucky had a group together for a week and played three games and then played the U of A it's a completely different game in that scenario and conversely the U of A is one team playing their systems and oh by the way they basically get the best graduating 20 20 year olds out of the I mean and 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 as good as they were back in that year where they beat you guys 8-2 and you guys had Dubnik and DeLorean goal I'm telling you right now they have more talent now than ever before and you know Ian Herbers because Rob had just left to go to Houston to the AHL to replace Todd McClellan. Uh, Eric Thurston was in basically his second year of coaching, but he'd never coached in the American League or pro. Ian's back at that program coaching pro, and Stan Marple's recruiting. They're destroying uh, the rest of the competition in terms of the caliber. So it, it would make for an interesting matchup now, only in the sense that the Oida rookies are now, you know, they tend to get a couple extra games in. But you nailed it. It's uh, The best-case scenario in terms of the evaluation is against like-minded prospects from other NHL organizations. Yeah, and, and I, I think from the players' perspective, too, don't you want to go? Remember the good battles you, you saw uh, when McDavid came in and, uh, you know, the other players all want to measure up against the good prospects from other ones, too. So I, I'm hopeful that something like that will continue on, and I thought it was a real positive, and a number of teams – around the league are you know joining together like that with their prospects to, to have those types of tournaments too so i think everybody has really found a value in that to evaluate their young players well it's interesting because i'm looking at this going you know maybe in a perfect world what we end up doing here is maybe one year it's in penticton and then the next year it's in red year and so Calgary and Edmonton can bust in but still have their camps in their respective cities and then that means that Winnipeg and Penticton would be in or sorry Winnipeg and BC would be the teams flying in and staying in Red Deer and conversely the next year it can be in Penticton because there is a cost associated with that for the NHL organizations all right let's move on Craig um 
a quiet offseason for Edmonton Oilers uh, president of hockey operations and general manager Peter Shirelli. He did not make what people would say blockbuster acquisitions. Uh, Kyle Brodziak returns the organization in a fourth-line center role, and the Oilers signed Tobias Reeder, uh, you know, bringing Kevin Gravel. They got three guys in on PTOs, and they signed uh, Miko Koskinen. Maybe just your thoughts on the overall moves that the Oilers made. Well, I don't think they're overly surprising. I, I don't think anybody really felt they were in a position to be uh, going gangbusters on free agency. Uh, they're in that precarious time where you have to be salary cap conscious. You have to uh, pick and choose guys that hopefully will fill a role, but also fill it at a, at a certain number. So, you know, at least you've got uh, Kyle's a good pro. He's a right-handed shot. I think that's something that is of value. He can kill penalties, hopefully, uh, at a high level still. And, you know, the other guys, you, you look at readers, one who, is, like so many uh, younger guys, he, he's in that key time of his career where you got to show that you're a player, show that you can be consistent. And if nothing else, you, you've at least brought in a guy that has some speed and should be motivated. And, you know, I, I think, Bob, you're resigned to the fact when you have sort of the salary structure that you do, you've got a couple of big guys at that big number. Look what Pittsburgh's been able to do uh, with, with high numbers. Chicago, to a lesser extent, you know, hasn't necessarily with their salary structure been able to get those secondary players. Once Hosa was gone, you, you didn't have really that high-quality secondary player. You had to fill guys in that hopefully would be good in their first three years in the league at an entry-level contract. So I think that's going to be the story in Edmonton for a while. You're going to hope that some of your younger guys fill in a role. And if you do make a signing that isn't a big number one, you want to have a guy that looks a, a taste of some success and understanding that this is maybe the last chance. So he should be a motivated guy, should be ready to go, should be in great shape, and you hope that something clicks and maybe you do get some good production out of guys that you didn't necessarily think you were going to. What is the offensive ceiling, do you think, on Tobias Reeder? I mean, he's been a, I think he's three times at 13 to 16 goals. Can he get above right. that, do you think? I, I would think so. That, that's what I, if I were he, I'd be looking at, you know, where can I fit in? Do I, do I get a chance maybe... Uh, a few times early to, to get on a line with McDavid, maybe uh, find a little chemistry. You know, you hope that maybe you can get in with Drysaddle. I'd, I'd be targeting uh, to be making sure that you're showing early on that you understand what you have to do to be in the lineup. And, you know, we've said that so often about uh, young players, but even older players that uh, inconsistency really uh, uh, is their downfall is that, you know, you have to show that, you're gonna. You understand that you're not gonna be given a chance. You you got to go out there and get it. But there's no reason to think that you can't get from that, you know, 10 to 15 uh, goal number to to try and create an opportunity for yourself with one of the top two or three lines here and get into that 15 to 25 range. And and that's something that I'm sure from a from a gamble standpoint and from the salary standpoint that's i'm sure what peter shirelli was is hoping for from a player of that caliber from nhl hockey and rogers craig simpson uh the last order to score 50 goals in a season you think we're is done it, with that now <laughs> can we end that this year well that's what i was that's where i'm going next can can Connor mcdavid get you 50 oh i i, I think you got it don't you uh you know to me uh the 
the the learning process for him. You know, you, you go in second year, third year in the league, and you you uh, you win the Art Ross. You finally really get into that. What do you have? Forty one goals this last year, and yep. uh, without a real presence on the power play, as we've talked about. And uh, I think now, like all great players, you you get that feeling that you know you can score when you need to. You know how to manipulate the game a little bit more. You know, you look at last year, I, I think Leon Dreisel led with, what, six power play goals? So, yep. you know, I, I think a guy like McDavid has to be in that 10 to 12 to 13 uh, power play goals. And if, if you're able to do that, the, there's your 50 right there. And so I'd be, I'd be totally shocked if we're not having a conversation at some point later in this uh, this season that that he's eclipsed the 50 goal mark. Craig Simpson from NHL Hockey on Rogers joining us. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers now. So you've got a, a you know McDavid, Drysaddle, one-two punch, Nugent Hopkins, who we're going to hear from later on today's show. Former Red Rebel, uh, pl- starting the year likely on the left wing with Connor. Uh, those three guys all on the first unit power play for me to uh, Craig to start. And, you know, Milan Lucic, you got to get him jump-started. you got to get him a positive frame of mind. got to get him going early because he had such a disastrous final 48 games last year. And uh, and then Clefbaum back as well. That's five left shots on the power yep. plays. So you were a guy that ran some power plays for the Oilers over the years. How challenging is it when you have all guys shooting the same way on a PP unit? It, it can be, but you, you hope that you have guys that have good creativity. So guys that aren't necessarily, uh, you know, pasted on one side and only feel comfortable on one side. I, I think the thing that you've seen from a lot of power plays now is having even on the half wall uh, on let's say the right side you know so often you think you need to have a left-handed guy. You've seen a lot of successful power plays now with a right-handed shot on that right side. You look at the Winnipeg Jets, they're the opposite with so many uh, right-handed shots. So I think if you can be comfortable being on the opposite side, you've seen Sidney Crosby a number of times be on that left side as a left-handed shot. And, you know, if, if you can establish that threat from the top. And Clefbaum's getting there. He's not, I wouldn't say he uh, invokes fear in oppositions with that shot. But now if you have a combination of Dreisaitl who can shoot off the off a couple of steps in I think McDavid has to show early on that he's not afraid to shoot the puck and if he does that it's much like you and I talked about my conversation uh, when I retired with Doug Waite when he was on that half wall and I said as soon as you start getting in the goalie's mind that you're a threat to shoot all the time as well the game will open up so much more for you for your greatest skill, which is your passing skill. Uh, and I, I think that's very true for McDavid. You, you can't continually go in if he's up on that half wall or even up higher and everybody's thinking pass and all they're doing is taking away passing lanes. Uh, you know, that gets to pigeonhole you into a spot. It takes away the mobi- mobility of the power play. And I think if he threatens early, as a couple of give and goes with either Dreisaitl or, or Clefbaum, establishes a bit of a one-timer. I mean, we haven't seen him with a, a bomb by any chance, but you got to think that a guy with that kind of skill and that kind of shot should have in his repertoire a bit of a better one-timer. And if you can develop that early on and start to use it early on, I think the, the lanes will open up so much that now he can threaten with the shot and two or three passing lanes open up, and he's got that kind of skill to, to make your, your opponent pay. 
It's easier said than done with the one-timer, isn't it? I mean, I remember when uh, the Oilers acquired Joffrey Lupul uh, in the trade for Chris Pronger and obviously got Schmied and got a couple number ones, one which turned out to be Jordan Everly. But you were coaching, uh, I think you were coaching the team that year in 06, 07, and he had, a, he had a pretty good wrist shot, which he needed to bring in tight to him, uh, but he needed to curl that puck, he needed, he, and he was not a guy that effectively one-time pucks. And there was a right shot, a guy who'd scored 28 goals the year before. It's easier said than done in terms of that ability to one-time pucks, isn't it? Yeah, but if if you're a, if you're a, a star player in this league, you know there are there are a lot of things that you can work on, and we always talk about you can't always teach instincts of offense yep. but that well that's one to me that is repetition 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 you know you should be able to sit with one of your coaches and look on it and uh, analyze it from a video standpoint look at your body transfer to me so often guys that struggle they turn their hips out too quickly so that all the momentum is going upwards and to the side as opposed to downwards towards the goalie and i think there are a number of really you know, identifiable things that you can change in your me- uh, mechanics of the one-timer that can really improve it. And so, uh, to me, if I was looking to play on this team with the passers that I have with McDavid and the passers that I have with Nugent Hopkins and Drysaddle, you know, as a younger guy, that would be something I'd be on top of every day is, is making sure that you develop one so that maybe, especially if you're a right-handed shot like you were talking about, can you pop into that power play at some point as another threat? Well, there's an obvious guy that we're looking at here, right? And that's yes, a pull your Yeah, and there's another guy that you know he has um, he, he has an effective shot. Uh, I would say he doesn't quite have an NHL ready shot yet. And what I mean by that is, you know, he's more like a junior player that comes in and has a bomb and has a really effective curl and drag and a snapshot. But in the NHL, you lose about two or three seconds of that time to get it away. So, uh, you know, I, I think that, again, from a learned standpoint, if I'm practicing uh, with him every day, it's that quick release and, and jumping off the wall and shooting in stride so that you don't have to set up, curl, uh, and give the defenseman a chance to either get in the shooting lane or get your stick on puck. So there, there's a prime example of your... On a coaching staff with that young man, you'd be spending every single day after practice taking shots and trying to teach that mechanism of getting it away quickly, jumping to a spot, and not having any delay. And, you know, there's a, a flashing green light of an opportunity to, to go out there and try to make something happen this year. Craig Simpson, NHL Hockey and Rogers, 1252 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer with you know Oilers now. We're down in Red Deer. Craig, uh, Evan Bouchard, uh, and the Oilers are looking for, you know, it's kind of like in football, you look for left tackles. Well, right now in the NHL, yeah. you're looking for right-handed centers and right, right-handed power play quarterbacks. Bouchard in the game that was like-minded, so against the Flames rookies. For me, he was the best player on the ice that night. Now it's just a rookie game. Yep. He's a very intriguing prospect because of the skill set. And ultimately, the number one thing a guy's got to be able to do on the ice is think and process. And he has the processor, Craig. I think so. And I think the, uh, the diff- well, not difficult decision, the, the intriguing decision with him is, uh, you know, I, I think they were obviously pleasantly surprised that they got him in the draft. Uh, they were a little surprised that he was available at that time. But when you look at the need and what you're, you're trying to fill in, you're, you're right. He's got the right-handed shot. Most importantly, 
if you're evaluating, he's got a head on his shoulders, and he does read the play well, and he does have offensive instincts. Now, at the NHL level, you're going to have to learn how to play defensively, but that's something that he, he understands. But the thing that's intrinsic in his game is just those little reads that, you know, you can't always teach. And I, I think the difficult challenge for him is he's going to be uh, – you know, a lot like I go back to when we drafted Sam Gagne and not a lot of people were necessarily sure. And I, I don't think we were that Sam was going to stick around. But I think at the end of the day, you were like, well, is sending him back to junior going to be of benefit? And, you know, that is really where we've, we've talked about this before, about changing the rules for a first round draft pick. You yeah. should be able to have one or two in your organization that you can bypass the rule to send him to junior. Because to me, Bouchard is the guy that you send him down to the American Hockey League for the first 25, 30 games, and you probably got a guy who's ready to play in the NHL. Uh, but I'm not sure if he's going to be ready right at the top. And I'm not sure if it's a great year to send him back to, to junior as well because he has had such success there, and you, you don't play the same game there. Yeah, Craig Simpson joining us from NHL Hockey and Rogers. I mean, that London organization, and you're familiar with that part of the country. I mean, they, hey, they're doing what's necessary to field the nice, the most competitive team that they can uh, do on a year by year basis. That is a pro run franchise. I remember seeing Matthew Kachuk down here in Red Deer. Yep. And I know the Oilers really like Sergachev, and then Paul Yarvey fell in their lap. But I was 100% convinced that Kachuk was going to be able to play right away. Like, he just had the moxie and the poise and conducted himself. And I, I'm wondering, can that environment, being in that pro-style environment in London, help make that happen? It, it can, but I, I would say the only downfall for that organization, they, they've developed some really great top-end uh, players. You just go down the list, as you said. But if you're in the third or fourth year playing there uh, and you're a star player in junior, I, I just think because they are a high level, they want to win, they want to win the Memorial Cup, you end up playing bad habit hockey, though, too. And if you're the best player, you end up with two-minute shifts on the power play and you know, 25, 26 minutes as a top defenseman. And that isn't always necessarily when, when you need to be pushed to a different level. Uh, I don't think that's necessarily the great thing for them. As a 17-year-old, 16, 17, 18-year-old, they do an unreal job of teaching those guys how to be pro-like players and, and play at a high level. I'm just not sure it, it, it'll go well if you're a 19- or 20-year-old playing there and are really good. Craig, I'm not going to put you on the spot yet for a projection for the Oilers. We appreciate you joining us this season. We we're glad we were able to uh, get you signed. I was a little bit worried about your arbitration rights. But uh, <laughs> welcome back to the show for another year. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And let's get after it, okay? All right, Bob. Take care. Have a good time in Red Deer. All right. It's 1255. We'll step out. This is Oilers Now. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. 
Thanks, Connor. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer joining you. It's 1258 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer uh, with the Oilers crew down in Red Deer. Oilers rookies, Flame rookies tonight, an event at the Holiday Inn in Gasoline Alley just as we speak. We'll tell you that Sweden and Germany are sold out, but registrations are now being accepted. On the Oilers Now road trips to see the Oilers play in Nashville and Vegas this year. These are great packages. They include tickets, hotels, receptions, more than one, may I add, plus parking at Value Park at the Edmonton International Airport. Register now for the Oilers Now road trips. Call New West Travel, 780-432-7446 or book online at newwesttravel.com. Former NHL general manager, now an analyst with the NHL Network, Brian Lawton, coming up to talk a bit about the Steve Eiserman situation in Tampa Bay and the Max Pacioretty trade, but off right now to a global news weather traffic update, Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.